What it do, all my crew? It's Alyssa, and I'm here to celebrate all of our dirt so that we can embrace our destiny. With a lifetime of filtering everything through religion, I'm here to share my confessions, talk about the dirt, and give you the tools that you need to move forward. So for the love of coffee, let's chat. This is your unfiltered podcast. We are raising a glass to now. We are raising a glass to what is here in the present, in this moment, in this second, wherever you are, whether you are on YouTube watching the visual video version of this episode or whether or not you are on a podcast platform listening to the audio version, I just want to say welcome. I am so excited that you took time out of your day to hang out with me. And today we are going to be diving into five things that we are going to give up. Yes, five things we are going to give up right here, right now, and possibly forever. We are going to take some time every single day to work on giving up these five things. It has been crazy busy for the Holt household. The Holts have been starting a new business, multiple new businesses actually, on top of doing ministry. And now I am a homeschool mommy. Would have never thought that, but many things have led to us just making that decision. Um, next month in January, we are actually going to be touring and doing a lot of really fun um road trips with our kids, with our family, doing ministry, doing worship. It's going to be awesome. And I have just reflected over my life lately on, you know, the whole past year of cancer and the prior years before. And as I reflect on the woman I am now, I was talking to a friend the other day and said, you know, I can't even remember the Alyssa that I was before cancer. I don't even connect to her. I don't even fully um, remember her mindset and the way she thought and the way she processed things because I have grown so much in the last 12 months that I am a completely different woman, completely different. And I can give cancer a lot of that credit It taught me how to live life in the now instead of for what's next. And my husband has said that for years now in teaching all over the country as we have traveled, he has said, you know, you have to deal with what's now in order to get to what is next. But I have realized that for so many years, I actually lived my life for what's next and I have missed what is now. And, you know, disease and tragedy, and trauma, and rejection, and hurt, and pain, and loss, and lack, and whatever it is that you are going through as you listen to me or watch this video, it has a way of making you confront things that you would not have necessarily confronted and evaluate the life you're living right now when you may or may not have ever done that with a microscope of intention and discipline if it weren't for that unexpected thing happening, if it weren't for that inconvenience, if it weren't for that hurt, if it weren't for that pain. And for me, cancer allowed me to give up five specific 
things. Um, it actually allowed me to give up more than that, but we're going to focus on these five things because I think that if you would be intentional to take time and evaluate your life and see if you are doing these five things and eliminate these five things, then you will see that God is going to be able to talk to you so much more clear. You are going to be able to hear him so much more clear because here's the deal. God is always speaking. The problem is, is many times we're not hearing him because we are clouded and we are crowded and we are confused and we are distracted and we are focused on the wrong things. But when we give up these five things, we focus our attention on what matters, which is right now. Right now matters. Your yesterday does not matter because it's over with. Your tomorrow does not matter because it's not here yet. But your now is absolutely what matters. You can't do anything about your yesterday. You can't do anything about your tomorrow, but you can do everything about right here in this moment. Do not regret your tomorrow by living your life regretting your yesterdays and not living in your today. I hope that you heard that. So we're going to dive in. I'm not going to make this super long today. This is just going to be a real quick encouragement for you to just jot some things down, these five things down, evaluate your life, ask yourself, am I dealing with these things? And how can I take steps to eliminate these things from my life? For me, over this last year of my life, this has been... um, a season of intentionality. It's been a season of discipline. It's been a season of healing. It's been a season of self-evaluation. It's been a season of truly unfiltering, like my book says, unfiltered um, my life in a different way than even what I wrote about in my book. It's been unbecoming the things that I have become even without even realizing it. It's been rediscovering the things that I've forgotten. And it's even been discovering the things that I didn't even know were there about myself and cutting away the characteristics in the flaws and the issues and the worries and the anxieties and the insecurities that have fed disease and fed fear and fed, you know, death when it comes to my purpose. So I want to hit on these five things that are on the top of my list. And I would love for you to write them down Um, save this podcast, subscribe to this channel, send this link to someone else, go get my book unfiltered. It's on Amazon. It's on Kindle. All of my stuff is on um, linked in my description box below. Come follow me on all of my social media platforms, um, social media on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, all of the things. Come check it out. I've got some really cool things coming up. But number one on the list of five things to give up is the need for control. Okay, women, this is so hard for us because we love to control our lives. We love schedules. We love routines. We love our our menu for the week to be written out, our grocery list. You know, we've got 
dog appointments for groomers and for vets. And we've got our kids dance recitals and their practices and their sports. And we've got our husband's things and we've got our hair appointments and we've got the groceries to go get and we've got the bills to pay and we've got this, that, and the other, right? And it is hard to live a life where you're giving up the need for control when it is ingrained in us. to control every aspect because we are the ones that nurture the family and direct and guide and teach on a daily basis, right? And so for me, there's something interesting that I learned about myself at Utopia. Um, Every week I would go to counseling and I still do. I am a huge advocate for mental health. I am a huge advocate for counseling and therapy. Um, And I don't know how I lived without it. I don't know how I lived life without it. It is a game changer going to counseling and pairing it with the word of God. There is just something about talking out the issues, not just looking for the answers on your own, but talking it out and Man, it's changed my life. But one thing I found out was that I have a need for control. And I think a lot of us do. I think this is universal in a lot of ways. The society we live in, the politically correct society we live in, the opinionated society we live in, the um, independence and the need for respect and to be heard and seen and all of the things. There is such a control in the world we live in right now. And um, I found it quite interesting that the counselor looked me in the face and said the majority, over 90% of cancer patients that come through Utopia all have an issue with control. And when they feel like they're out of control, they have something that they use as a coping mechanism to control life again, to make them feel better. And that need for control actually feeds disease. And I found it interesting because as I began to look at my life, I realized that cleaning was a huge coping mechanism for me. And as a matter of fact, as I, as I went through counseling, I pinpointed it back to all the way when I was 10 years old. That's when it started. This control found within cleaning habits. And I always wondered why I could never just enjoy family when they were over for holidays and could never just enjoy the moments with my toddlers and could never just enjoy memories being made. If I saw a blanket on the floor, I'm up picking it up. If I saw things on the, on the table, I'm, I'm moving them. I'm dusting, I'm wiping, I'm sweeping, I'm vacuuming. If there's a little bit of dirt on the ground, I'm wiping counters, I'm organizing. And even when I pray, I'm pacing the floors and praying, but my eyes are looking for things that are out of place. And and even while I'm pacing the floors, praying in the mornings, I'm still grabbing things on the counters and adjusting them and straightening them and, and doing the thing. And, and he brought it to my attention that 
I have a need for control that I need to give up. You cannot control everything. Now, whatever that looks like for you, maybe you are the one person in your family that holds it all together. You are the glue in the family. You are the provider in the family. You are the one that everybody comes to for advice and everybody comes to for love and acceptance and you find control in that. <laughs> you you find the control in being able to be that peace for your family to the detriment of losing your own peace, to the detriment of losing your own rest and your own joy, to the detriment of putting yourself last and putting everyone else first. To the detriment of missing memories like for myself and not being present in a moment because I'm too busy cleaning instead of just being. And I'm missing out on time where my family comes to visit me for the holidays because I'm too busy organizing and catering and and hosting and doing the things instead of just sitting and enjoying these moments. You know, you cannot control life. And life was not meant to control you. Did you hear that? You were not meant to control life. And life was not meant to control you. You know what you were created to do? Live life. And let life happen. That's hard. That's hard, especially when things happen that are out of your control and they're not so fun and you don't want to live in those moments for me like chemo. (laughs) and like being in doctor's offices all the time, it's hard to let go of control when it's things you don't want to be in utter ruins and utter chaos. But you were not meant to control life and life was not meant to control you, but you were meant to live life and life was meant to happen. So today I want you to give up the need for control and start to ask yourself, how can I be more present in the moment? How can I put myself first? How can I enjoy life? How can I take a breath? How can I learn to live? How can I take a step back and stop allowing control to control me, right? That's going to be different for everyone. That's going to be different for you. That's going to be different for me. That's going to be different for your neighbor. It's going to be different for your mama, for your daddy, But ask Jesus to give you wisdom in what coping mechanism you use, because I actually use two. I only shared one with you, but I actually use two. And then ask God to help you. My um, counselor gave me the greatest advice. He told me when I went home for the weekend, when we discovered this coping mechanism for control, and I told him when I get home, I only have two days with my family before I have to come back and live in Tampa. And so in six weeks, I only had a handful of days that I actually spent with my family. And in those handful of days that I was home, I was cleaning. And I said, I don't like it because I walk into the house and I feel anger that the house looks like that, even though my husband's doing everything he can, instead of just enjoying being with my family. And he said, instead of grabbing the broom to sweep, when you feel yourself grabbing the broom, recognize that coping mechan- recognize that coping mechanism 
and then maybe do something different. Instead of cleaning and sweeping, maybe dance and have a dancing party with your kids in the broomstick. And it was so funny and sounded so weird, but I caught myself doing that. And I learned to live in the moment instead of giving into that control. I grabbed the broom one day and I remembered what he said to me. And I said, let's have a dancing party. And the girls turned Alexa on and we started dancing and we learned to live in that moment and not allow control to grab a hold of that moment and completely make it filled with anxiety. So I want to encourage you to maybe find something fun for you to do when that thing creeps up in your life. The second thing to give up is fearing change. Fearing change. Man, oh man. Um, there's an old saying in the church that I used to hear all the time. If you refuse to change, then you'll wind up in chains. You have to change. Life changes. It evolves. It is constant growth. It is constant change. And when you refuse to change, you're chaining yourself to this one particular time of your life. And you're not embracing the other moments that God has for you to embrace. This is why so many marriages fail. Because they expect their spouse to remain the same person they were when they married them 25 years ago, when they married them 10 years ago, when they married them five years ago, three years ago. Heck, I was telling my husband the other day, we've only been married, we're coming up on four years, and I am a absolute different woman than I was 12 months ago. And so many marriages fail because they don't recognize that we are beings that are changing and growing on a daily basis. Whether that growth is good or whether that growth is bad, every day we are growing, we are learning, we are adapting, we are um, settling, we are challenging ourselves, we are procrastinating, whatever it is. And it is creating mindsets and it is creating habits and it is creating um, desires and it is creating all of these things, right? And if you expect your spouse to say that stay the same person they were years ago, you're going to fail. Your marriage is going to fail because that's humanly impossible. So when we fear change, we're fearing the inevitable, right? Like, It's going to happen. And so embrace change. Don't fear change. Don't reject change. Accept change. Embrace it. Welcome it. Celebrate it. Realize change means you are living your life. Change means that you are moving forward. Change means that you're not staying where you were. You're not going backwards, but you are every day moving forward with life and loving life and living a new second of every day, a new moment, a new, a new memory and have fun with that. Have fun with that. Yes, change can be terrifying, but it's how you choose to focus on it. Um, I keep going back to cancer because that's been my journey this past year, but my biggest fear was how much it was going to change me, how much it was going to change my looks, how much it was going to change my health, how much it was going to change my family dynamic, my 
ability to be a wife, my ability to be a mom, my ability to be a daughter and a sister and a friend, my ability to do ministry. I was so scared of the change, but instead of fearing the change, I accepted the change and I used the change to change others. Do you see what I just did there? I didn't take the change and reject the change because I was so fearful. I I chose to embrace it and celebrate it and use it to help change others. I used my journey to encourage others who were on the same journey, to encourage others who were walking family members through cancer, to encourage people who were in the midst of the journey or at the end of their journey or at the beginning of their journey with disease to celebrate life and to embrace the gift of life and to realize that God is a healer and to use faith to stand on it and to not sway in what the word of God says. I used the change to celebrate it, to help change others instead of fearing it and rejecting it. So give up the fear of change and instead embrace change and find a way to celebrate the fact that change means you're living life. Change means you're still here. If it's changing, you're still here. If it's changing, you're still breathing. If it's changing, you're still moving. If it's changing, you still have life that you are living. It's when it all stays the same that you should be worried. Because that means you're not really living. You're just existing. And do we really want to do that? Life was not meant to exist. Life was meant to live. And when you live, change happens, just like the seasons. It goes from spring to summer to fall to winter. And the change is not resisted. It's just there. It just happens. And it means that we're living. And so look at it that way. The next thing to give up is gossiping. Okay, gossiping. When you are gossiping, (laughs) when you are gossiping, you are focusing on everybody else's life while denying yourself the ability to live your own. Did somebody just hear me? When you are gossiping, you are focusing your attention on everyone else living their life instead of focusing your attention on living your own life. Listen, I used to kid gossip with the best of the best. Okay, honey, I had all of the stories. I had all of the the tea. I could spill all of the tea as as the kids say today. And I loved it. I love to know things. I love to stick my nose in places it shouldn't be and learn about information that was not mine to learn about. And it really was just a distraction from my own miserable life. When I really want to look at it, it was a distraction from my own miserable life. It was a distraction from my own insecurities. It was a distraction from my own hurts. It was a distraction from my own pain. It was a distraction from the things I didn't want to have to address in me. It was a reflection of who I am on the inside. The things that I would gossip about and the things that others gossip about is nothing more than a reflection of who they are. And what they don't like. 
And I was just talking to my kid about this the other day because she was asking about bullying and we had a lot of issues with bullying in the last school she was in, which was one of the reasons why she was pulled from the school. And she said, I just don't understand why people are the way they are. And I had to explain to her that it is nothing more than jealousy and the fact that hurt people hurt people and the fact that when you see somebody saying things that are mean and painful and hurtful and ugly. It's a reflection of how they feel about themselves. So one thing that you need to give up above all else, maybe it should have been the top of my list as we started, is gossiping. Stop gossiping. All it is is a reflection of you denying yourself to live your life because there are things you are trying to avoid that you don't want to heal from. So you're focusing your attention on everyone else living their life and trying to pick out the things you don't like about their life because you don't like things about your life. And it's easier to look at their things that you don't like and address their things that you don't like and talk about their things that you don't like, because that means you can focus on their life that they're living instead of focusing on the life that you're living. And you don't have to address the things that you don't like about you because you're doing it about everything everybody else instead. Do you hear what I'm saying? Just stop gossiping and take time to ask yourself, why do I feel the need to do that? Like, what are the things that I am so scared to address in my life that I am so used to putting my mouth on other people instead? And why am I so worried about the life they're living when I should be worried about the life I'm living, right? The next thing to give up is living in shame of your past. (sighs) This is something we talk about all the time right here on the Unfiltered Podcast because we talk a lot about the dirt of our life and about how destiny is written in the dirt of your life. We talk a lot about this. We talk a lot about how you are supposed to be unfiltered and you cannot be unfiltered while living in shame of your past. The only way to fully embrace life is to embrace that your past made you who you are. To embrace the fact that every decision you have made, good, bad, or ugly, to embrace the fact that every circumstance you have lived through, and by the way, survived because you're still here, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, has made you who you are today. It has shaped you into the human that you are today. And whether or not you like that person or don't like that person is 100% up to how you choose to view yourself. It is not up to how God sees you because baby, God sees you as accepted. He sees you as loved. He sees you as more than enough. He sees you as a conqueror. He sees you as beautiful. He sees you as um, everything that he intended for you to be when he formed you in your mother's womb. He sees you as the one he chose Christ chose on the cross when he chose to die for you, he still sees you as that person because he chose you even when you were dirty, even when you were full of sin, even when you had the flaws, even when you had the mess ups, even when you had the pain, he chose you regardless. And so instead of seeing yourself 
as this person that's broken and has a past that's so ugly and undesirable, maybe it's time to start looking at yourself the way that Christ sees you. Someone who can take that past and can utilize it by sharing it with people who have a similar past and show them that you are not over, you're just getting started. Things are just getting into order. Things are right here in this moment waiting for you to take a stand and start living again. Things are right here waiting for you to start owning who you are. Stop living in shame of your past and start embracing it because you know what? All of those things make me who I am. I have a little bit more wisdom, hopefully. And if I don't, maybe I need to start embracing the fact that I need to get some wisdom in those areas. I have some history. I have some scars. I have some battle wounds. And you know what? All of that is beautiful. And I'm going to use it to help somebody get through their moments in life. The last thing to give up is negative self-talk. This is so difficult for people. And I can say firsthand that this was something I struggled with for years and years. And if I'm fully 100% unfiltered, which that's what this channel's all about, I didn't stop the negative self-talk until I went through cancer. 31 years of my life. 31 years of my life, my ears heard myself talking more negativity and hate and hurt about me than my ears ever heard me speaking praise and value and worth and beauty and goodness and talent and love. Negative self-talk is going to keep you paralyzed to a place of pain and it will not push you into your purpose. Negative self-talk is going to keep you chained to this moment because you refuse to change. It's going to keep you stuck in excuses. It's going to keep you desensitized to the fact that you are the one who has held yourself back. It is going to keep you in a place that you hate. And it's nobody else's fault but your own. And that's so hard to hear. It was so hard for me to hear. It was so hard for me to recognize and to evaluate and to admit. Um, But bottom line, I had a lot of people in my life believe in me. And I craved that affirmation. I craved that affirmation. I craved the love. I craved the words. I, I craved the celebration. I craved the pats on the back. I, I wanted people to see my anointing and to see my talent and to see all of the things I could do, but it didn't matter how much they praised me. It didn't matter how much they loved me. It didn't matter how much they told me. They believed in me. I didn't believe in myself. And the fact is, My negative self-talk was all my ears heard. And I had to quit the negative self-talk and begin replacing it with celebration until I truly began to believe in who it is everybody else saw except for me.
And so I just want to end this saying, what is it that you're listening to? Not the music, not the shows, not the friends, not the company, not the family, not the pastors, not the worship leaders, not the bosses, not the self-help gurus. What are you listening to come out of your own mouth? Because you can listen to all of those other things. You can even listen to the word of God every day. But if you don't hear your own self agreeing with the things that you so desperately want to hear from others, you're never going to believe it. You've got to hear your own self agree with the word, agree with the belief in who you are, agree with the worth of who you are, the value of who you are, the goodness of who you are, despite the flaws, despite the pain, despite the mess up, just despite all of the crap you've put yourself through and the things you've put your own self through. You need to hear your own self, celebrate your your own self. <laughs> you need to open your mouth up and say, you know what? You're a slaying girlfriend. You are so on fire right now. You are so loved. You are so accepted. You are so worthy. You are so valuable. All of the things. And the more you do that, the more you'll begin to believe in you. You've got to stop with the negative self-talk. I know it's hard. But every day is a fresh start. I love you guys. I hope that you enjoyed this five things to give up. I hope that you wrote them down. I hope that you will encourage yourself to let them go forever and see how it changes your life. We are ending this the way we always do. But before that, go subscribe to all of my channels, to this podcast, to YouTube Facebook, Instagram, go get my book, Unfiltered. Be on the lookout. My Unfilter You six-week e-course is coming out in the next couple weeks. It will be out before Christmas. And I will see you guys soon. We are raising a glass to the dirt in our life because destiny is written there.